Super Talk Mississippi media production. Whether you're looking to start a career with no student loans or change careers to land one of the happiest jobs in the world, yep, that's construction, Build Mississippi can help. Visit buildmississippi.com to learn why a career in the trades deserves another look. buildmississippi.com. Your future is waiting. What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Rister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Friday, October 5th, 4th, excuse me, edition of the Rebel Report podcast. I had two people text me last weekend, or tweet me, actually, that said, one, um, basically making fun that I always fumble for the date, and then I had someone else tell me that fumbling for the wrong date is my brand and just to stick with it so we don't need an intro, so... There's our intro. What's up? Yeah, our intro is getting the date wrong. It'd be very on brand. So I know what a lot of you are probably is on your mind today, and I'll just cut right to it. We don't really have much of a plan today. Not that we ever have much of a plan, but I'm just going to try to dissect this as much as possible. I had a pretty good solid guest lined up for today, but that got shot down for very, very important you know, pissing match reasons. So anyway, it's just going to be us. It's just going to be us talking about the hiring of Glenn Boyce, the... Search that wasn't a search um, for Chancellor, and then we'll get to your mailback questions because there is a fairly important football game to be played this weekend. I know that's kind of taking a backseat to everything. I texted a guy I know in the football inside the football facility last night, and it wasn't anything about related to football. We were just kind of talking about what was going on, and I texted him and I said, I think Ole Miss could announce today that Seller Shy would be manning the quarterback position for the rest of the season. For those of you who don't know who Seller Shy is, that is the scout team quarterback who Jacquez Jones told us last week he doesn't even know his name. And almost could announce him that he was playing quarterback the rest of the way and that all three other quarterbacks were being required to transfer to open up scholarships for Robbie Ashford and his friends. And I think people would be less upset. That was my insane hypothetical, but I think it's true. Not that, not that that's true. No, let's let's set the record straight. I'm talking about people would be less mad if they just if football had news dumped that last night. I think people would be less upset. Well, I don't think they would have noticed uh, because yeah, know, that's probably the, the main thing. The, the, all the pitchforks and whatnot that everyone had had out last night was, uh, you know, I've never I've, look. Ole Miss has a fractured fan base and a fra- fractured alumni base. I don't know if I've ever seen them more united than last night. And you know, it takes a giant colossal f up to have that kind of lockstep <laughs> right like hiring the guy that ran home community college yeah so let's just get right into it uh <laughs> word started leaking out yesterday i would say i got tipped off on it about four o'clock i think for it was near the end of the four o'clock hour of the show that there were some serious rumblings to the fact that they were going to go ahead and expedite this process and make glenn boyce the chancellor in the next day or two course in the next couple hours i think chuck roundsable was the first to actually put it out that glenn boyce was chancellor you know there were a lot of me there were a couple of media outlets that kind of had this possibility going all along i'd give a hat tip to chase parham who covered this pretty well for rebel grove he had kind of mentioned that i believe is a possibility for a long time um adam ganucci at mississippi today um was kind of all over this story as well and this ends up coming to happen so for those of you who are unfamiliar with the process and how this works and how this came to light and how this I'm glad I'm glad you're about to explain the process to us um yeah so basically (laughs) Glenn Boyce was hired to be a consultant to the search and basically lead the search they paid him a hundred thousand dollars I believe to do so and they ended up hiring the man they paid a hundred thousand dollars to be the next chancellor because of transparency and all kinds of other stuff does he have to give that money back now like when you you know conduct the search and you decide that you're going to hire yourself, I feel like you shouldn't be paid that money. I am not going to play. I, I don't know the ethical and unethical. Well, I can tell you probably what's ethical and unethical. Yeah. I don't know what the actual boundaries are that from a legal standpoint. I have no idea. I really don't. I'm not going to pretend to like I know. I'm not going to put on my little brown rim glasses and act like I'm smarter than you. But I would think that would probably be a solid step. Um, because this is already going to be a very, very poorly received. I mean, look, this will probably drop at around 9.30 this morning. We're recording about an hour, an hour, ten minutes before that. 
If you want to kind of get a gauge as just to how upset people are about this, I would encourage you to go to the end at Ole Miss around noon today because it's going to be a disaster, and they deserve yeah. every bit of it. So yeah. you had, what, a year-ish? Really yeah, probably a little longer than that to conduct this search. Yeah, Bitter got officially fired in November, but it was known way before that. Oh, I remember. I was in George Bush Airport in Houston running around with a chick- like a chicken with my head cut off trying to find, find a Wi-Fi connection. Um, <laughs> Ole Miss was playing A&M that weekend. Right, yeah. So they basically had a year to make this happen. They drug their feet. There was a some political infighting I think would be fair to say as far as the conservative and maybe more progressive sides of the university trying to settle on really just candidates in general is that fair yeah no that's completely fair and then in the last few weeks it kind of got expedited a little bit you had those super productive listening sessions where I turned on during a commercial break on radio one day and saw an older gentleman call a young lady an AOC wannabe and we ain't here to talk about your global warming at a listening session to hire someone for a glorified fundraising job. So, obviously, those listening sessions were incredibly productive and accomplished what they needed to accomplish, right? <laughs> did you did you see the video where the guy basically called them out for I'm going to get to that in a second cuz I think that's very uh, that's an, a very important piece of this. So, hold that thought for just a second. Okay. But yes, I think that's a very important piece of it. That's not just some guy either. Um oh, okay. So, anyway, and so Basically, I'll just fast forward you to this past week. Was it Monday that the candidate list got leaked to Mississippi today? So Sunday night, the IHL's candidate list got leaked to Ganuchu. Is that am I saying his name right? Ganuchu. No, Ganuchu. I'm very sorry. I, I I feel like I know Adam. I've never met him in person, but I always just read his uh, name. Adam's good people. Yeah, he seems like a very nice guy. I've. Always, I haven't met him in person yet, and so I don't think I've ever heard his last name spoken. So I promise that's not me just trying to be disrespectful. Ganesho. I know someone uh, that pronounces it differently. Anyway, Adam Ganesho. Um, It got leaked to him at Mississippi Today. There are reasons why that got leaked that I don't really want to go into because I don't necessarily... That's just not a tree I want to bark up without kind of having every single duck in a row. If, If I guess you can pick up what I'm putting down... Anyway, the candidate list gets leaked to Mississippi today, and that basically forces the hand of all the people that were on the candidate list, right? Like sitting presidents at other universities, that's Bobby Robbins at, um, although I don't know if he ever actually technically applied, not that that really makes that, that, that really makes a difference. No, that doesn't matter. But in other places, it basically forced their hands. Of course, they kind of yep. freak, freak out and start and start pulling out, because if when, when you're at a, another school... There need not that like I'm not I'm, I, when you're talking it's a weird line to walk because you're talking about being transparent in the process. But when you're a sitting president or sitting something at another school, you want there to be a little bit of veil of secrecy to it because you don't want that out in the open that you're applying for another job. So when the veil or the blanket or the whatever you call it of secrecy is pulled by everyone knowing who the candidate list is, the I hate to, I don't mean to call these people roaches, but the roaches start to scatter, I guess, is basically, do you kind of get what I'm saying? People are starting, like, so these people start pulling out left and right. Yep. And, 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 and go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. No, you got it. Go ahead. No, I was just, I mean, that was done intentionally. Like, you you may not can say it, but I will. It was done intentionally for that exact reason. Uh, they released those names so that people would panic and, and pull their names out so that they could hire Glenn Boyd. That, that's exactly what happened, and, and they accomplished their goal. I, I, I kind of said it last night. It's it's like when someone invites you over that you don't want to go over to their house, like when you're a kid, and you tell your mom, hey, say I can't go. That's exactly what happened here. Uh, they, they ran off every other candidate. They put them in a position and cornered them uh, where they couldn't get, you know, they couldn't take this job so that they could say, oh, well, we tried, and now we hired Glenn Boyd because nobody else wanted it. That's exactly what happened, and that's, that's the reason the Glenn Boyce is going to be the new chancellor at Ole Miss, because they put everybody else in a position where they had to turn this job down. So ba- um, so the candidate list was Chris Howard at Robert Morris, Fred Slabuck, Slabuck? At, Slabuck, yeah. at Texas Wesleyan, Robert Robbins at uh, sitting president of the University of Arizona, Cal Mayo, an attorney here in Oxford, Bill Hardgrave, which I believe he's the Auburn guy. Auburn provost. Michael Benson. Benson, who is uh, the president of Eastern Kentucky, um, K- 
Kelly Damfaus. I, 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 I I'm so bad at pronouncing people's names. The Chancellor of Arkansas uh, State University and Sharon Graber, the President of the University of Toledo. So those yep. were, that was the candidate list. So of course, people. Of course, when you're at another school, as I kind of mentioned, people start pulling out. To my knowledge, they conducted four interviews. Adam Ganeshow says five, and I have no reason to doubt him. He is very much more well-connected in this in, in, than I did. So they conducted five interviews over the course of Wednesday and Thursday. I believe it was Mayo, Slaybeck, Hardgrave, Benson, and I don't know who the, I don't know who the fifth was. The Auburn Provost, I know for a fact, interviewed. I can't remember what his name was. That's Hardgrave. Okay, okay. But so anyway, it's in the Mississippi Today story. I don't have that pulled up right now because I, I my Wi-Fi is not cooperating in the studio. Um, and so they they had those interviews over the course of Wednesday and Thursday, and then late Thursday afternoon, according to Mississippi Data's reporting, this is fantastic reporting, by the way. Yes, Adam did a great job with this. Um, and this is the part that should probably infuriate you if you're someone that cares about Ole Miss is basically they made a member of the committee, I think, made a very strong push to um, interview Glenn Boyce, the guy in charge of the search. And about 10 minutes later, apparently, he showed up for the interview, and then a motion was immediately made to vote on him making the next chancer, and then he was made the next chancer. That is the process. What did I miss? That, that's exactly what happened, too. Within 10 minutes, he went from the guy conducting the search to the guy. So... If you want to take your tinfoil hat off for a second, if you're listening, that is how the search quote-unquote process went. And so, let's be completely honest, this wasn't a search, this was a fix, this was planned months ago. Yep, yep. They wanted their guy in there for a number of reasons that I keep hearing that I don't, I don't, I'm not going to... I don't feel comfortable sharing some of them, but there's some very interesting and uh, frankly troubling reasons as to why. Yeah, because Ole Miss is too too politically correct, right? Uh I've heard stuff beyond that, but with that that for another day. Um. So that was the process, and it wasn't really a process. I know for a fact that some people. I know for people close to the process and people involved in the process. Um got the sense even before the round of interviews that this was not going to be a legitimate deal. They got the sense that something was very fishy here. They got the sense that the guy wanting the I mean, the guy running the search wanted the job pretty much as badly as they did. And so if the people involved in it can sense that it's probably not legit, the odds are this thing's probably not legit. Yeah, yeah, if it walks like a dog, smells like a dog, barks like a dog, it's probably a dog. Um, and and this, this thing has been a sham from the beginning. Uh, the listening sessions were a sham. I, yeah, it's like you said, they, they knew who they wanted in there months before they did it, and, and they got their guy. So, uh, you know, it, it was a political power move in the state, and, and it is what it is. I mean, it, it's unfortunate for anyone that, you know, cares about the University of Mississippi that, that they that continue to tell, you know, continue, continue to tell those people that it's raining while they're pissing on their legs. Uh, now, to be completely fair, there was, there was a point at some point in this process where Boyce stepped down as a consultant. So he wasn't a consultant all the way through the process till the very end. That's very important to note. Not that it really matters, but he wasn't a consultant, and then it was just like, hey, you're the consultant, you're hired. Like, he stepped down as a consultant. I don't know how much time's in between. That might be out there somewhere. I, 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 I genuinely, I don't know. But if he was ever going to even be remotely considered for this position, he should have never been a consultant in the first place. Correct. Because at a, Ole Miss was at a juncture or at a point where it needed to have a clear-cut, transparent search, and you got the exact opposite of that by hiring a guy who at one point was basically in charge of, of manning the search. So yep. at a time where you needed transparency, you got the exact opposite of that. Um, Ole Miss was at, a, at, a, at an extreme crossroads, and... And the IHL hired a guy that, that, you know, barely was able to run home community college. I mean, that, that, that's the extent of this. But the process is probably what, you know, the hire is, is atrocious in its own right. But the, the process of the hire is probably what pisses more people off. This isn't about Glenn Boyce. This is not a Glenn Boyce thing. Look, you can critique his I, – I am actually not completely – like, I, I know his background, but I, I don't know the ins and outs of what he's accomplished, I guess I would say, over his career – 
But this isn't really about Glenn Boyce. This is about the the process or the lack of a process and the lack of transparency. Because as we mentioned, this was at a time where Ole Miss needed complete transparency because their last hire, Chancellor Jeff Vitter, was a complete and utter disaster. And that wasn't exactly the most transparent process either of the way he was hired. And so Ole Miss needed transparency, and they got the exact opposite of that. So in a lot of ways... I mean, in some ways, I genuinely, I some, I feel bad for Boyce in some ways because he is going to be a lame duck from day one. Yep. Um, because I don't know Glenn Boyce. I don't know much about the guy. Like as as far as him personally, I, I don't know Glenn Boyce. I and I, if this is if he really has good intentions and wants to do a good job, then I probably pity him just a little bit because he is set up for failure because of what a ridiculous process this was. He is set up for failure, but you there's no, there's can't. no, he has no, he has no backing. What, what part of Ole Miss, the faction of the, like, as much as I try to go around and gauge the different parts of the university and the fan base or whatever you want to call it, there is not a single faction of Ole Miss's school fan base, or whatever, that is standing up saying hell yeah today. Everyone yeah, is no, angry. I mean, every it, sector it, of the school, besides the people that probably know boys personally, seem to be very angry from what I can gauge. And that's and wonder, not a good thing for him. He hasn't even started. I wonder if that matters at some point. I wonder, like, look, I know that, that you know he's probably going to be the new chancellor and all that. But in South Carolina, this type of thing happened. They uh, they threw enough of a fit where they got it reversed. I wonder if that could be the case here. Uh, I, I, I I got a question for you. Do what? Just, you don't think so? No, 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 no. I, I'm not. I'm not discrediting what you're saying at all. I, I have a legitimate question that I, you probably don't know the answer to, but it makes a difference. Does South Carolina have a governing board that governs all of its public universities and not just that, South Carolina? Probably not, because I think no, they would be more. They inclined, don't. Yeah, so I think they would be more inclined to. The, I think South Carolina was probably more inclined to listen to the revolt, for the lack of a better phrase. Because it's a board of South Carolina people making decisions that they thought were in the best interest of South Carolina. That's not what you have here. No, no, it's not. I think today has a chance to get extremely bad. Has a chance? I mean, extremely. At, at the end of Ole Miss with, with the protests and uh, the lack of anybody having any public relations skills. Uh, I, I think today, because I don't know if it's today a press conference or is it just an introduction? I believe it's a press conference. Godspeed, because that could get bad. Well, that's it. So that's that's if, if if you if if you want to start there, this is impossible for them to sell optically, oh, you and for a school and a university that is not good at selling stuff anyway, you're selling something that can't be sold. So, honestly, from a sheer just personal side of things and not reporting because this really isn't my neck of the woods this is not the type of content super talks looking for as far as like being all over this from the academic side of it this is going to be honestly kind of hilarious to watch them try to sell it <laughs> it is what was harder selling this or Matt Luke oh this 100% man what that, that, I don't even think that's close really there was a faction of the fan base that was really pumped about the 2017 Egg Bowl win. Matt Luke is a very likable guy. Matt Luke at least fell on the sword for Ole Miss and did them a hell of a favor in a really shitty time. So he at least had some faction of support. Because, dude, if you think back to 2017, I remember sitting in that press conference room when he was announced as the permanent hire. People were upset, but there was a faction that was kind of getting behind the guy. You don't have that here. No, there is no backing. Um, I've seen, literally, I went and looked for people supporting this and i found two people on the internet last night does he have siblings uh one of them seemed to know him personally and the other person called him a visionary uh so i don't know man it's the sham of the process and frankly it's a it's a day that that i think old mess is going to look back and it's not it's not old mess's fault that's the thing that's going to annoy me in all of this is you look, you look it up, and you say, "Oh, Ole Miss did this to itself." Uh, Ole Miss didn't have a ton to do with this, outside of maybe some IHL board members, and that's pretty much it. This, this chancellor, chancellor search committee that you know Ole Miss imposed—they had no say in this. None. Well, that, I can tell you that for a fact. Um, so it, this is a day that I think IHL is going to the IHL is going to set Ole Miss back a, a long time with this. Um, I. 
so that part of it to me is very layered because you're right and wrong at the same time. I think both are probably true in some ways. Um, going back to what you said about looking around for support for Boyce, I had two people call me last night about him that knew him personally, and they said, look, he's a great guy. One of them was at Holmes while he was at Holmes, and I was just kind of telling them, I was like, that may be true, but that's not really what this is about. And that's the part where I, I, I'm not necessarily sure I pity Glenn Boyce about, uh, like, because I don't know what role he played in orchestrating this. I think I might have a little bit of an idea, but it's really not about him as I keep kind of going back to. He may be a great guy. He may end up being okay. There's a chance of that, but that doesn't change what a ridiculous process this was. Yeah, I mean, both can be true at the same time. Um, but it's like you said, it's, it's not it's not necessarily his fault, although I think he deserves a little bit more blame than what he's given. Um, but at the same time, Ole Miss is at a critical, critical juncture, and you go about this in a completely wrong way. You make the process extremely long, extremely, I mean, uh, an extremely narrow process to be able to get this job, and then you, you interview everybody, you leak the candidate's name so that they have to pull out of the race, and you hire the guy that's running, that you know, helping run the search. Um, it's just, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, it, frankly, it's embarrassing and, and, and kind of pathetic uh, to, to make this type of hire for a university and the SEC. Look, this guy would not get hired at any other SEC institution. The other people that you interviewed probably would. And, uh, you know, I guess that's just kind of... One of them you know, was already what, at an SEC institution. Do, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, with, uh, with the guy at Auburn, it's... It, it, it's a really tough situation, frankly embarrassing and pathetic. And um, it, it was a political power move. It's, it's as simple as that. So I'm trying to think what what I kind of want to dive into next here, as far as this whole thing. Um, I guess we'll go down the road of what you said earlier about how like this not being Ole Miss's fault. So. Yes, on the surface, that is true. And if this points, like, people have been kind of saying this for the last, I think, decade, and it may have been before that. I'm only 24. But since I've been kind of consciously and not politically involved, that's the wrong phrase, aware of what goes on, people have been, uh, like, calling that the IHO is a stupid process. And for those of you that may not know what the IHO is, it's a board of people that basically govern all of the I say govern, govern, manage, whatever you want to call it, all of the public universities in the state. And so that's a problem from two, from a lot of reasons. Because if you're Ole Miss, you're being governed by people that don't always have Ole Miss's best interest in mind. And it's impossible to do that. If you have other people that graduated from other universities and other people that don't understand, I guess, Ole Miss for the lack of a better phrase... Like, it's impossible to have a room of people with different interests from different places having the best interest in, in mind of a single school or really of all the schools in the state. So it's a horrible setup that needs to be changed. I'm not sure it'll ever, ever be changed. I, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know what it would take to get it changed. But I will tell you this. If there was ever a watershed moment to, to push for something different, to have Ole Miss have its own governing board, it's an atrocity like this. <laughs> Yeah, someone you know that, that's an Ole Miss uh, alumni and supporter uh, basically said that last night. He was like, "Look, this is a horrible hire. This, this is embarrassing and pathetic." But maybe this is what gets rid of the IHL. Um, I think that might be the only positive you can take from this shit show. Um, so I guess that if, if there's a silver lining, maybe there's a there's a movement to, to get rid of this. But if it doesn't, there is no way to silver. Like, there's no sugarcoating this. No, no, it's it's, it's an embarrassing hire. I mean, with with no silver lining, if if nothing happens to the IHL. But at the same time, there are people from Ole Miss on the IHL board. I think I believe it's a minority. If I'm not mistaken, I don't. Well, there, yeah, there are people that. Okay. Um, you know, there's one that's lauded as an Ole Miss person that doesn't have a degree from the University of Mississippi, but that is what it is. Yeah, and so at the same time, there's also people that have a little bit of pull with regards to what goes on there that are related to Ole Miss, and so there is some blame to be had there from an Ole Miss standpoint. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think those people necessarily represent Ole Miss's best interest either. 
I think they represent their best interest at Ole Miss. Yeah, and so then the other side of this is that for as big of a deal as they made about this thing, and I thought the listening sessions were stupid and frankly a little bit embarrassing for the school, this is a glorified fundraising job. You can call it more than that if you want, but whoever is the athlete, like if it's in terms of Ole Miss Athletics and that succeeding, the athletic director will be a much more impactful hire than the chancellor. For chancellor, you just don't need a complete and total disaster like Jeff Vitter. You need someone that's going to not just be com- competent. And so in, in that sense, that this is survivable, but the process is really just a microcosm for the school and how it's run. Yeah, no, that's certainly fair. Um, it, it, I don't know, man. It, it, to, to hire the guy that you, you paid to help run the search, is, first of all, that seems unethical uh, from every point of view, and, and then it just kind of seems pathetic. Uh, I, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to delve into what all this means without him, you know, taking over the job and you know actually doing the job. But just from a transparency uh, look into things, it's it's quite an embarrassing look for the IHL and the, in the state of Mississippi and the people that made this hire. I had heard this in the coming in the days leading up to it, but Rebel Grove reported it last night officially that Glenn Boyce plans to make Chip Pickering his top executive assistant. Um, that's again not a move that's going to be easy to sell optically. <laughs> you think? That's really oh, about all God. I got to say about that on the matter right now, as far as him. So, um, if you're trying to get, go in there with an open mind about Glenn Voice, the first guy he's going to hire is Chip Pickering. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it, it's hard to overstate how bad the optics of this are. I mean, it's it. You you cannot sell this optically. It is impossible. And at a time where you needed one hundred and ten percent total transparency, you got zero percent. It could not have been hired. It could not have been handled in a shadier, more corrupt manner. Could not have possibly been hired. I, I don't even know. Like, well, there, if, at least at least they hired the guy with a little educational experience, right? They could have just hired a politician or a lawyer in Oxford. Yeah, but they didn't pay the politician or the lawyer in Oxford $100,000 to conduct the search. Well, that part's certainly fair. So I, I don't think this could have been handled any worse. What? Because that's what I was... I think that, that was another thing I was going to get to. I think people probably expected the IHL to screw this up somehow and to be disappointed in it, like people that are invested in Ole Miss. But I think this even went beyond their expectations. Like I think people were beginning to dream up ways of how you screw this up. And I think until you know Chase and a couple and uh, Mississippi Today and a couple of those other places started kind of getting wind of it and reporting it, I think this went beyond people's expectations of how you could screw this up. Yeah. No. I mean, it was it was it's like the sign says. Uh, our expectations were low for you, but holy, you know what? Um, it it kind of mimics that and, and represents that. So. Uh, look, this this is a job where it, it, it just looks like corruption and cronyism. It, it is what it is from because you kind of expected you know them to screw it up. But man, at, at a time where Ole Miss needed leadership and a strong voice and and someone that's going to rally this university and have you know a fan base that's fractured rally together and, and move forward into the 21st century and and keep them you know on that path. You, you hired you hired the guy that that ran home community college who was running your search. Yeah, this uh, was a this unfortunate. Was, this was a fire lit by them being opaque about the process, and then the leaks really just poured gasoline and made this a full on fire that was uncontrollable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Look, it, you can't really you know debate the guy or, or, or argue with the guy that says that Ole Miss only or, or the IHL only cares about the IHL. Um, you, you can't really look. It's, it's nepotism to an extent. It's it, it's unfortunate uh, to, to a place that you know means a lot to a lot of people uh, to have to go through this and to, to to kind of be embarrassed like this on a national level. Well, I don't think people that are anywhere close to involved to Ole Miss are any stranger to being embarrassed on a national level. But your point is probably still a good one. Um, as, as one last note on the Pickering thing, it's worth mentioning that Pickering was a candidate for this gig. And I would say about eight and six months ago, he was probably seen as a real legitimate candidate. So now the top executive assistant is a guy that wanted the job. Do with that yeah. what you will. 
Yeah, I mean, it, he should have never been a candidate to begin with. Um, he has zero educational experience, and, uh, but he had the backing from some very important people in this state, and by God, that freaking matters. Um, so, I, 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 I've got to be careful what I say here. It's, 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 it's somewhat uh, extremely disingenuous, and it's, frankly, it's lying. It's, it's, it's a load of absolute bullshit that uh, as to how Glenn Boyce is named the chancellor at the University of Mississippi. But I guess you move on. I, I don't really know what's next for this university, and we'll see. Uh, I know today's going to be an, an absolute embarrassment and a train wreck at the end at Ole Miss at 1230. Moving on, today is Mailback Friday. It is the People's Holiday. That is always a good news. That'll bring a smile to your face wherever you're listening from. If you hadn't banged your head into your work desk already and, you know, drawn blood, we're here to celebrate. Here's that we here. Put a Band-Aid on it. Here's Mailbag Friday. Brought to you by LBs. LBs. Greg's got the meats. He believes in fair chancellor searches. Uh, before you go forward and yell at Greg, I'm just kidding. I'm just being a smartass. But go see Greg. He uh, steaks, seafood, sausages. He's got it all. Go get some jalapeno poppers, some mushrooms. It is grilling season. I walked outside this morning. It may get to 95 degrees today. I don't know. But it felt like fall when I walked out of my house at 745. This I got morning. a notification from the Weather Channel last night that it was going to be noticeably cooler and the high was only 90 degrees. Hell yeah, Will. It's, <laughs> it's grilling season. It dropped to 90. It's fall. Put on a sweater. It dropped to 90, damn it. Put on a sweater. Go to LB's. Go see Greg. He has the meats. Um... Across from Kroger on University Avenue, Greg's awesome. They got all kinds of stuff. He can do custom cuts for you. He can explain to you kind of the process, maybe what you're looking for if you don't know what you're looking for. Greg got it all. Um, Go see him. Um, Let's get to these mailbag questions. One of the mailbag questions I got was, what do you think about the Chancellor search? So there's your 28-minute answer, pal. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay, let's see. How did he interview himself? Um, modern technology. <laughs> modern technology. Um, he just, does he sit there and ask himself questions that he answers? I need to know. I wonder if we can for you this. Uh, yeah, hey, Glenn, so what would you do as Chancellor? Well, thanks for asking, Glenn. Um, can Ole Miss be any worse at quotation marks natu- national searches? I would say no. If they do, I w- if they can, I would love to see them try because this is fantastic theater. I respect that they hired two search consultants, and uh, you know, based on most times they're just like, I don't know, the dude that's right down the hall pretty good. Yeah. Hire him. Money well spent, right? I mean that yeah. that I mean. Look, dude, we're in the wrong business. We're in the freaking wrong business. Me and you need to get into the search firm business. I agree. You can make hundreds of thousands of dollars to tell people to hire people right under their noses, or in this case, you expect actually hire whoever you want in the most corrupt way possible. <laughs> that guy, that guy seems pretty good. He's already there. He's just moving stuff. Checks in the mail. Um, could this whole thing get the Greg Schiano treatment and somehow get blocked, or is I it? Don't- or is it over for good for Ole Miss? I don't know what you mean by this last part. Again, I am actually going to lean no that this will not get blocked. Is that, is no, I don't either, but I think it, I think it could. Like, if you tell me there's, that it happens, I'm not a 100% shocked. I appreciate people's right to protest. I admire people's passion if they really, really care about this stuff and want to go voice their concerns. I really do admire that, and I hate to say it's in vain, but when you're protesting a committee that is not always having the best interest of the school in mind and is not made up of people that are 100% trying to do right by the school, I think you're just falling on deaf ears. And so I would say no. But, again, it's your 100% your prerogative to try, and I appreciate the passion and your ability and right to protest. I'm just saying it's probably going to fall on deaf ears. Yep, yep, I, and I, I think that's unfortunate. Um, like I said, if, I, if something, you know, happened where, the, where they were, had to walk back this, this atrocity, am I 100% shocked? No, I also lean towards it's not going to wind up mattering, unfortunately. Um. Gun to your head, who comes out the first drive at quarterback? <laughs> Thank you for this question. Uh, Matt Corral. Man, I would lean that way too, but they're treating – okay, I'll, 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 I'll put it to you this way. 
they're either faking this really well or they're treating this very much like an open quarterback thing way more than I gave them credit for in the first place. Because, one, I don't necessarily put a ton of stock into it, but why would Kadir Shepard say that? Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe on Tuesday when, you know, a corral wasn't practicing full speed or so. I don't know. I, I, I think it's corral, though. Uh, but we'll see. I, Derek Mason seems to believe it is John Rice Plumley. I know. I find that a little bit odd as well. Um, so I think it's corral, but I, I'll, 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 I will say corral with this qualifier. In the last two to three days, it, it, like if you'd have told me on Monday, hey, John Rice Plumley is going to start the first drive at quarterback, I would have been very, very shocked. Unless it's just a package thing, and then they bring Corral in. But if like if he's going to start as the quote every down quarterback on the first drive, I would have been shocked. Today, I would tone that back to mild surprise. Yeah, yeah, no, that's certainly fair. Um, like you said earlier in the week, I, I completely expected Matt Corral to be the starting quarterback. You hear more and more later this week, or later in the week, and I'm not going to be shocked if it's John Rice Plumley. But if I had to bet, I, I would certainly take Matt Corral. Uh, write me a scenario where Boyce can succeed with the negative energy he starts with There's day one. one. Well, no, that's I don't believe that to be true. Look, what he does in his first six nine months, whatever, as chancellor is going to speak a lot louder than all of this negative injury, it, 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 negative energy and people being upset about this today and so if he does the right if he does quote unquote the right things and does productive things for the university there is a path to where he can succeed because it's not an indictment on the candidate as much as it is the process so if people will forget about not forget about people will be less upset about the process if this guy proves out to be a good hire so I do think there's a scenario but he needs to be good in his first six to nine months I would say the way he was hired leads me to believe that he's not going to do what's in the best interest of Ole Miss. Um, so that, that's what I say that with that precedent. I don't think he's in there for the best interest of Ole Miss, and uh, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. But if, if that's to be the case, then I don't think there's a scenario where this winds up working out. When will Ole Miss quit being the laughing stock of the SEC West? Uh, I, I really hate that Ole Miss gets, gets a lot of blame for this. I, I get what, you know, they're saying, but my God, it, Ole Miss didn't have a lot to do with it. Um, yeah, and I think he means more to football because I don't think there well, is. Well, they're not SEC. the laughing stock. I mean, have you seen Fayetteville? Yeah, I, I, uh, I think he means more football because there really isn't an SEC West of Academia. I don't think. Um, <laughs> I've been out of touch with everything Ole Miss lately, so ignore this question if you're repetitive. But do you believe Corral starts Game One next season? That's a very good question. Um, I mean, if I'm betting, I would say no because the more the other options have more of a value, right? I'd say it's a coin flip right now. I'd say there's really no accurate way to know. I'd need to see how more of the season plays out. I know that defeats the purpose of the question. Right now, oh man, I'm gonna I hold. I, I don't quarterback of the future is at Hoover High School right now. I don't know. So I'm going to hold on that. I, I genuinely, I hope that doesn't, like, isn't a cop-out. I genuinely, I have no clue. I don't have a lean. Um. Okay, so here's the last element of this Chancellor thing that I wanted to get to. Um, Campbell McCool is a gentleman who came into a listening session in September and said, and I quote, there's a very disturbing rumor going around in the business community that this group is not going to review all of the applicant and nobody is quite going to come up to par and the job is going to be offered to a former consultant on this board who is not an applicant. I'll be damned. Oxford resident Campbell McCool told the IHL on September, September 5th, I'm not here to disparage any particular person, but I'm asking this to be a, please be a fair and legitimate process. So this man knew... A month ago, and this if this man knew, he's not the only one that knew. He's talking about a very... I mean, if you listen, if you watch, there's a video floating around the internet of him saying this, and he's talking about how specific the verbiage is to the rumor. People knew this months in advance. And if you really want to paint a picture of people, of a guy that cares, that appears to care about an institution, I don't know Campbell McCool. I don't know if he went to Ole Miss. I have no idea about any of that. But he appears to care about Ole Miss... Very much. I assume he went here 
And that's a man desperately pleading with a corrupt process to please get your head out of your ass and do this the right way, and they didn't do it. So a bunch of people saw the writing on the wall here. And so if you want an accurate portrayal of just how mistreated and robbed you were, if you were someone out there that cares about Ole Miss and cares about the university, that's someone who's literally begging and pleading with the IHL at this listening session to please make this a fair process, and they just didn't do it. So they did this knowing that no, that other people knew about it, and they basically are calling all of you stupid. They think you're all idiots. They thought yep. that they could do this anyway, and they think you're all stupid and are, A, just going to accept it, or, two, just maybe oblivious to it. They think you're all morons, when, in fact, you might be on the other foot. So, Oh, it's absolutely on the other foot. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you really want a just, like, I think that's the perfect emblem of how this went down, is him sitting there in his sports coat, and I don't mean to critique that, but he obviously put a lot of thought into coming to this listening session and voiced his concern very respectfully. I mean, he said, I'm not here to disparage anyone. I'm here to ask this to be a fair process. He is pleading with it, and it just completely fell on deaf ears. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was, it was. Obvious to some people what was going to uh, they were going to attempt to do a month and a half ago. And like um, I said earlier, I know for a fact it was obvious to people involved in the process that this was not a legit deal very far in advance. This, like, like I said, that rumor had gained legs a while back. Someone told me that it was obvious he wanted the job more than any of the other candidates. Which, good God, that's a bad look. Why can't Ole Miss and the Braves have nice things? Um, I, I felt so bad for the Braves yesterday. I think they're still okay. I don't. I, I think they're losing the clarity today. Um, you might be right, but I think they're okay. I think they still got a shot. Um, Braves' bullpen was an issue. They tried to address it at the deadline, and one of the pieces that they tried to address it with at the deadline wasn't good yesterday. It seems about as simple as that. Yeah, and then the other one got hurt, uh, and Martin um, didn't even get to throw a pitch, so... Uh, yeah, that was that was that was tough to hear Braves fan yesterday. I, I felt I felt pretty bad for him. Uh, to, but I think if there's anything we've learned in these playoffs, man, you can't stop adding runs like uh, at Milwaukee and at Atlanta. Like you got to keep producing, or you you, you, let, you let teams hang around, and they're going to take advantage of opportunities. Yep, I would agree with that. And then everyone in the late night game last night acted like Washington's done. I just I, I viewed that as they weren't going to win that anyway. I know they got to go against Ryu, but like. I still think they got a puncher shot. Um, I mean, obviously they got to win tonight. Uh, Strasburg is going to have to beat Kershaw. So this we'll is see. one of the best sports days weekends of the year. You're going to have oh, baseball on from noon until midnight, plus a couple Friday night football games. And I know Friday night football is usually not the greatest. I am actually very intrigued by uh, Cincinnati UCF. I was. I found out the field was not real. Yeah, I was about to call you on that. Not that I. I, I was telling you it was fake in the first place. I didn't they know. They made it look so real. I know it looked so badass. I. Uh, I didn't. I. I was disappointed to find that out either. I almost tagged you in it because not that I was saying I didn't know if it was fake or real. I was asking. I had no idea. Um. So. I think anybody that locked in a bet on that game before when they like fooled them should be able to get out of it. I agree. Um. Someone responded to one of my tweets. As much as I hate the internet, they're very creative sometimes. Someone responded to one of my tweets. So I, I, I confirmed, that, like, I basically I got someone to confirm that the hire was official. Chuck reported it first. I said, you know, I can confirm Glenn Boyce will be the next chancellor, blah, blah, blah. Chuck Roundsville had it first. Somebody said, Glenn Boyce picked himself. He had it first. Glenn. Glenn Boyce hired as chancellor by Glenn Boyce, first reported by Glenn Boyce. <laughs> oh, God, that was great. Um, I actually find this next question to be fascinating. I like that this is a great question. Do you think Kermit Davis will continue to substitute players in and out rapidly like he did last year? Yes. yes. There's an old- last year with no bench. Why would he not with a bench this year? Say that again. He did it last year when he had no bench. Why would he do it? Why wouldn't he do it this year when he has a bench? Yeah, that's a good point. So Kermit Davis likes to use rapid fire substitution. He likes to use the bench sometimes as a punishment tool. When you screw up, he's going to sub- substitute you out and let you ride the pine for a little bit. Very kind of old fashioned move. And I'm not. I'm not poking fun at it. Obviously, it works. Um, 
But there is an argument to be made. Like you said, he did that last year when he didn't really have much of a bench, and now he has one this year. Um, I do wonder, though, as he has a team with more talent this year and he's trying to get more new pieces to come together and to gel, that when you get deeper into the year and he settles on a rotation, if he pulls back on that a little bit to try to let this team mesh into a unit. Is that fair? That's certainly fair. I think early on, I think you will very much see more of that, and maybe even more so than you saw last year. But I just wonder when he whittles this thing down to his eight, nine-man rotation, if he kind of puts that on hold a little bit and lets these guys learn by trial and error. Because I think part of that last year, because your argument is valid. I think there's an argument to be made that that will continue because he has a bench now. But I think part of that last year, he was trying to establish a, a, a tone and a culture as well. And so... I'm not so sure I'll be right on this, but watch when you get into January when he has rotation and just see if that continues. It may, it may not. I think that'll be kind of fascinating to watch. And, uh, I don't expect him to pull Bree and Tyree off the floor in the round of 32 against Maryland if he turns the basketball over. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there's got to be some nuance to it. Um, Rebel Fan 68, who sports the double first name better, Brian Scott or John Rice? Uh, me. Oh, oh, wow, wow. Okay. I'll ask John Rice about that Saturday. That's a, you should. If they win, you should. Well, no, you won't. You won't get to talk to them. But, um, you know, that, I, I think there's a valid argument for you. Yeah, which I think means I'm a better you athlete. Mad if someone doesn't call you Brian Scott? Um, uh, no, I I don't. Okay. So basically, what what that happened is I have a weird double name. My father is Brian Scott Rippey, and I'm Brian Scott Rippey Jr., and my parents, for whatever reason, didn't like the sound of Brian Jr., so they decided to call me by both names, and it's a double name that doesn't make sense. Like, double names are more common in the South, you know, you know, I, I don't know, John, John Rice, you know, John Parker, I don't know. Brian Scott is not exactly a, a run-of-the-mill double name, so people don't understand it. And most everyone that I know calls me by my last name, even like my teachers and stuff in school. And so when people, it got to a point where people call me by my first two names, like I thought I was one in trouble. But now, like in the business world and all of that, if people call me Brian, I just let it go. It pisses my mom off, but that's really about it. Oh, I basically, your mom actually gets like legitimately upset. Yes, she does. The only reason I keep that on my byline on stuff I write is because she got mad. The first two things I wrote at MLB.com, they put Brian Rippy and my mom threw a fit, so I had to ask them very politely to put all three names. <laughs> so, yeah. Great. Um, so, yeah, I think I have the better double name. Um, with John Rice Plumley's limitations in the passing game, wouldn't it be obvious to the defense what is going to happen when he comes in the game for a special yes. package? Um... Maybe, but he throws it well enough to where they can't complete. Like, it can't be that obvious. He's limited as a passer, but you're not running the Wildcat here with, like, Dexter McCluster or some no, shit. No, it's, it's, like, it's not Wildcat, but it's, it's kind of it's dot Wildcat. But he's not a complete non-threat to throw the football is what I'm no, saying. No, But I don't know if it's sustainable over a 12-game season the way he's able to throw the football. I think, oh, I'm wrong. No, I, I, as an every-down quarterback, no. But I actually think that could be wildly effective in a package because he can throw. He doesn't throw, I don't think, with the consistent accuracy to be an every-down quarterback. But, like, this guy's framing the question as, hey, he's coming in, he, you know it's going to be a run. I don't think that's the case at all. Don't you have to look, and this is the conversation for another day, um, if you decide that he's not going to be your quarterback of the future, don't you have to leave him on offense just so he can run packages like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, but I mean, that, I think that's partly why he's here. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's talk that if this, the quarterback thing doesn't work out, he's going to move the defensive back. I don't think that would be wise and take him out of wildcat packages. I think if you're going to move him off the quarterback position, you need to make him a slot receiver. I guess anything could happen down the road, and I I left that possibility open in something I wrote on Sunday. But I don't uh I don't buy that. I, I don't buy him. I don't buy buy him moving to defense either. Um, Would you buy him moving to spot receiver? I think he wants to play quarterback, and I think that's why he's here because they allowed him to play quarterback. Obviously, things can change. I yeah, would buy I that. If it doesn't work out, you can't just not keep him off, keep him off the field. I agree, but is he a package guy for three years? I don't know. I don't think so. So, yes, to your, your question, I would buy that more than defense. Um, 
Since Pumwee is a lock because of baseball, who do you think will enter the transfer portal? Corral or Dent? I think maybe the guy you didn't name. Yeah, they got to do something there. I think they got to get him a look. Um, I think Dent, I don't think he's, he's going to just transfer up the sound of a hat. I think Tisdale needs to get the playing time, or you got you got a real possibility of losing him. Dent wants to play too. He's not going to Ryan Buchanan this thing. He wants to no, play. No, 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 no. That that is not. I mean, he almost didn't go to Ole Miss. So I wouldn't rule him out. Not like like uh, moving on either, because he is kind of the fourth man here. But if you're talking about the three that are in the mix now, I think maybe the one you didn't say might be more likely. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, Mrs. Tackling looks like it's getting worse as the season progressive. The form looks okay for the most part. Shoulders on the numbers and wrap up. Thanks, Coach. Do you think that, well, that they just lost that much strength, or what are your thoughts? I think you have a recency bias from them playing Alabama. Look, man, they're not a world-beating tackling team, but they're better than they were a year ago, and I think people are just forgetting that. Go watch 2018 tape is what I'd tell you. Is that fair? Yeah, I, don't no, an asshole I, I either. think they're much better tackling and fundamental-wise. It's a if and a big if, but if Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt by three touchdowns, what would be a big enough blowout to regain the fan base interest or that ship sailed? I'm not sure the ship is sailed on regaining the fan base interest, but beating Vanderbilt in general is not going to move the needle. You could beat them 100 to nothing. Win next week. Win in Columbia and then talk to Or A&M. Yeah, yeah win one of those. And those we'll are, we've talked about this, though. Those are the types of games that, he ha- that Matt Luke has to win to regain public favor. Beating Arkansas, beating Vanderbilt is kind of like taking care of business for the lack of a better football cliche. What's going to regain him favor and him get him viewed as competent amongst the fan base is beating teams that are more talented than you, but you're still in the same stratosphere. Ole Miss is not in the same stratosphere as Alabama. They're not in the same stratosphere at LSU. And more and more appear like they're not in the same stratosphere as Auburn. But those teams that are in similar stratospheres as you and close that you could realistically pick off that you're not as talented as, he has to pick one or two of those teams off. Yep, yep. Matt Luke, I don't think is going to regain any fan base favor uh, if he goes 0-3 against Missouri, Texas and Mississippi State. What if he puts Glenn Boyce in at quarterback without pads? I think that could regain public favor. Do what? What if he puts Glenn Boyce in at quarterback without pads? I think he would regain Uh, some public favor. Or, 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 hear me out, all 12 members of the IHL play at the same time against Auburn. Oh, no, no, there's a rain delay. And he goes Orgeron full on scrimmage style, but instead of the, he gives the scout team defense the day off and brings in the IHL to the practice field. That will work. That will work. I uh, think I think you can get some favor back. I do too. Uh, particularly if you put it on the next episode of the season. Uh, call us, Matt. What? That's it. Call us, Matt. You've got our numbers. Yeah, no kidding. I might text him that idea. Hey, look, man, help me help you. <laughs> uh, one of the biggest complaints I've heard besides Matt Luke is how bad the strength coach is. What are your opinions? Every fan base yeah, in America. Well, everybody with, hates, yeah. Everybody hates the strength coach. It's like in college baseball, whenever you go through a bad hitting streak, the hitting coach stinks. And or if you have a lot of injuries, the strength coach strength. I don't I the strength coach is fine. That is not why Ole Miss is losing football games. Give yeah, me I mean, could Ole Miss be better at strength at the strength coach position? I guess. But Paul Jackson does a good job. Um, but wait, what do you? I'm not saying you in particular. What grounds does Johnny in the stands have to say we're not strong enough? This guy needs to go. Like I don't understand that. What like you're not getting? He's not getting the best out of them on squats. That's why that guy missed that block. Like what are you saying? Yeah, like yeah, I, I'm no I'm no aficionado with this. So I think Paul Jackson does a good job. You you're more than welcome to disagree. I don't necessarily see a strength and conditioning problem with this team. I'm not picking on the guy that asked the question because he asked the question genuinely, but the guy that screams that the uh, strength coach sucks is the guy that wants everyone around him to think he knows football. In reality, he doesn't have any clue. That's why he's blaming the weight room for why they missed a tackle. Um, yeah, they're, they're missing tackles because they're not talented at <laughs> What is the over-under use of Colin Rister's use of the phrase, that's fair? I don't think I've said it this episode. We're going to set 2.5. Mm. I have hitches and stuff all the time. I say, used to say um too much on the radio. I have all kinds of phrases I overuse. It's just part of the gig. Best Ole Miss football, basketball teams of all time? Um, uh, football, 2015. Basketball, 2000. It's the team that lost to Alpha. It's the team that lost to Alpha, yeah. Baseball? Uh, 2005. I would go. Uh, I would, no, no, 2018 oh, is the best baseball team. 18? Yeah, I mean, they choked, but from a talent perspective, it was 18. Okay, I think I skipped one. Does Ole Miss basketball make the Sweet 16 this year? 
I think it's a fair question. No, I think they have an opportunity to. I think they have enough in the cupboard that they could do it if they get to the NCAA tournament. One like last year where they really didn't have any business winning a game once they got there. Their accomplishment was getting there. But you can't just say, like, do they make the Sweet 16? Because, I mean, if you've watched the NCAA tournament, not that it's a crapshoot, but you cannot make it or you can make it because of incredibly bad luck or incredibly good fortune. Yeah, I think they have every opportunity to. I had a couple more questions that I believe people texted in. What do y'all think of the new chancellor? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> see the first 28 minutes. Oh, Mailbag Friday, any idea on a realistic date that McGee Boyce, I don't think that, <laughs> Clown McGee Boyce is the way this was described, will start his tenure? I really, I don't. Better start it after the first of the year, so I expect that here. Okay, I will work to get back to with an actual answer on that. I'm going to say I don't know. I really because I don't. I'll um I'll work to find that out. That might be something you find out today. Um, I believe that was all. No, no, no. There were one or two more. NFL playoff predictions a quarter away through the season. Uh. Ooh. Okay, you want you want you give your divisions and wild card, and I'll get mine. Pats, Chiefs, Texans. Although that ent- did you know the entire ASC South is two and two? Yeah, I saw that. The Texans being two and two is a disgrace. But Look, I don't want to be this guy because I think the Texans have the most talent. And I think the Colts might be the second best team. I'm not betting against Gardner Minshew though. No, absolutely not. Um, so I don't know. I'm really not hot on the Titans at all. But so anyway, that's and then AFC North. I will still go Baltimore. I'm not don't completely buy Cleveland yet. Although I think they got a good shot because the division stinks. So I'll go Baltimore and then my two wild card teams. How about Buffalo and I'll still go Philip Rivers and the Chargers. Okay. Okay. Um, NFC, NFC South. I think I still like the Saints because absolutely. Yeah. Although the I would say this, the Falcons appear to be a disaster. Kyle Allen has been very good for the Panthers, and Bruce Arians is as Jameis Winston playing the best football of his career. I don't think the Bucks are going to play consistent enough football to make a noise. But look, man, if they go into New Orleans and win this weekend, they're a legitimate threat in the division now. And Kyle Allen appears to be very good. They've got Christian McCaffrey. they got a very good defense. I'll go Saints, but that could be uh, a little closer than you think. Um, you had the incredible Thursday night football game last night that we kind of buried the lead on. I think I'm going to take Seattle to win this division. Yeah, I don't think that's unfair at all. Um, they, they look like the best team right now. I... And I, I swear to God, I might go San Francisco and uh, Los Angeles as the wild card teams. I think that division may get three teams in the playoffs. Um, NFC North, I am going to go uh, Green Bay, I think. But Chicago looks pretty good because their defense is sick. NFC, I think I covered, I covered all of them. Yeah, all right. I'll go, let's see. Oh, Pat, no. yeah. Pat, Chiefs, Ravens, Texans. Uh... You know what? I'm still going to say the Browns. I'm going to say the Browns and then the Bills. Uh, NFC, Cowboys, I think the Rams win the division. I don't know why. I just do. Oh, uh, I, I missed the East. I'm actually going to go Philly. You're going to Philly? Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go Cowboys, Rams, Bears, Saints, Packers, Seahawks. I think the 49ers have a chance to fall off the face of the earth. Fair enough. I think it's hard to tell at this point. So, like, if it, 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 it certainly is, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they have just as good a chance of falling off. At this point, I know the Rams are probably talent went out in the end, but they got real issues. Um, yeah. they were they were close to winning that game last night. The Zerline, yeah, I mean, Zerline makes the kick. They win last night in Seattle. Yeah, it's a whole, a whole different story. But the fact is, he doesn't. He didn't, and they're two and two. Yeah, no, it's certainly fair. And one of the two wins against the backup quarterback. Russell Wilson is ridiculous. He's the best quarterback in the league, He's, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't even think that's debatable at this point. Sorry, I was adjusting the audio a little bit. He's uh no, he's playing the best football of his life. He's one. He's making. 
He is making more throws that you're like, how does that happen? More so than Mahomes or anyone else is at this point. That throw he had to Tyler Lockett in the first half where you thought he was just throwing it out of the back of the end zone was one of the most ridiculous things I've seen in a while. That was absurd. Did, uh, did you hear about DK's uh, shuttle drill, though? That's why nobody took him. Three-cone drill, bro. He can't catch. <laughs> Good God, people screwed that up. Yep. He did have what almost proved to be a critical drop in that two-point yeah, yard. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty. Yeah, but he's having a great year. Good for DK. Russell Wilson is absurd. I mean, because that yeah, offense, they're all, tackle No, and they, their offensive line is not good. They've never been good. Um, did you, have you seen this Daily Mississippian headline? Yeah, bullshit. The, I'm proud of it. I love it. I love it. Edit the the DM's editorial. The front page is IHL uses Chancellor editorial colon bullshit. Good on you, DM. You know what? I'm going to use this chance to stand for the DM. But it, I, it used to be the cool thing to do when I was in college, particularly amongst my friends in the Greek community, to be like, the liberal DM, it sucks. Actually, the DM is one of the best student newspapers in the country. And to have a newspaper run completely by students to bring you news every day is not something every place has. And they do are really damn good at their jobs. Yep. And and they, they, they work extremely hard. They, and, frankly, this year has been excellent so far. And that's not that the past few years haven't. Um, but, but they've done a really good job on a lot of tricky, uh, a lot of tricky stories this year. Yep. So good on you, The Daily Mistake. Um. Yeah, they used to make me mad, like so bad. Be like, it's just a liberal rag, and it's like actually, oh, it's a really damn good student newspaper. And I would love, I would encourage you to look at student newspapers across the country and compare it to the DM because they do a damn good job. I do like how the DM keeps winning awards for being the best student newspaper in the South, and people keep pretending that it's a joke. Yeah, but people like that. The people that say that stuff like that don't actually know anything about how journalism works. And I'm not trying to be that. I'm, oh, the, I'm not I trying to a, be. I had a guy on Twitter last night when uh, the DM reported that there were going to be protests. He said that uh, the DM was calling for protests. I'm like, you don't understand how this works, my guy. No, they don't know how to understand how it works. I'm not trying to be like inside the biz guy. I don't mean to sound like I'm smarter than anyone else. But like, there, there really is a very fundamental misunderstanding of what journalism is and what reporters' jobs are. It's like Neil the other night, report. like, we were having fun with the Kadir <laughs> Shepard thing, and some guy goes, why would you put this out there? He's stirring the pot. It's like, what do you mean, why would you put this out there? He said it. Like, Kadir Shepard said this it. This is his job. Anyway, let's run through some picks really quick and get out of here. Okay. The Pick'em is brought to you by LBs. Go see Greg. Um, maybe we should get Greg on and have his chance or thoughts. Go see him um, across university, I mean, university Avenue, across from Kroger. He's got steaks. He's got all kinds of seafood. Anything you want to throw on the grill, he's got it over there. Custom cuts. He's got shrimp or sausages, all kinds of stuff. LB's is awesome. Go get some jalapeno poppers. Go get some uh, mushrooms, whatever you want. There's all kinds of stuff in there. They do plate lunch specials. It's grilling season, and you'd be remiss to go anywhere else except LB's. It's better than Kroger. It's better than any other place you're going to get meat. Go see LB's. Greg's got the meats. Let's get into this pick'em real quick. Bobby. All right, I got uh, I got the SEC pulled up. All right, go ahead. Ole Miss minus seven versus Vanderbilt. I'll go Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm gonna lay them, laying them. Let's see, LSU minus twenty-seven and a half versus Utah State. I'm taking Utah State. Really? I'll go LSU. Okay. Uh, Auburn minus two and a half at Florida. I'm taking Florida. I'm going Auburn. I think Auburn's gonna roll by ten. I hope I'm wrong. I certainly hope I'm wrong. Uh, Missouri minus 25 hosting Troy. Missouri, I guess. I don't know anything about that matchup. I don't know. I'll take Troy. Um, Tennessee plus 24 and a half at home versus Georgia. Georgia. I'm taking Tennessee. Don't ask me why. Okay. Uh, Let's see if there's any other good games uh, in the college football landscape. I'm looking. Uh, Here we go. Uh, UCF minus three and a half at Cincy tonight. What do you wind up taking? I think I'm just going to be a sucker and go Cincy because of what I saw a couple weeks ago at Pitt. Yeah, I think I'm taking Cincinnati too. Let's see. Any ranked matchups? We haven't had a lot of ranked matchups in a while. It's been a bad Um, couple weeks. Not seeing anything here either. Iowa, Michigan. Uh, no, there's no ranked matchups this week. How about that? Iowa, Michigan, though, is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Iowa plus three and a half at Michigan. I don't believe I in Michigan. Michigan. 
I, if they're, if, like, I heard, I, you know, for someone that's a really kind of a fraud, um, Urban Meyer's very good on television. He's a really yeah, good yeah. television analyst, and he was pointing out if Michigan's made of anything as far as their mental makeup, they'll respond. So whatever, I'll go Michigan too. All right. You want to move to the NFL? Yeah, that's fine. I got it pulled up. Okay. Baltimore, three-and-a-half-point road favorite at Pittsburgh. I think I'm actually going to take Pittsburgh here. I am, too. I'm taking the Steelers there. Chicago, minus five at Oakland. I think I'm going to go Oakland. That game's actually in London. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. That's right. Chicago. That's right. It's, I just omitted where it says game played at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> that is not in Oakland. Liberal <laughs> media not reading. Arizona is, oh, my God, look at this game. Arizona <laughs> plus three at Cincinnati. I they should just tie. Arizona, I think. Yeah, I would take Arizona because I think both can win and I get some points. Cincinnati is one of the worst teams I've ever seen. They are 0-16 bad. No, and I'm discounting Miami because Miami's trying to lose. They're not a team. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville plus three and a half on the road at Carolina. I'm not hopping off the Minshew train. Jacksonville. Hell no. Gardner Mania. Minnesota minus four and a half at the Giants. The Giants are playing better football. Kurt Cousins is a mess. New York. I'm going to take the Vikings. Okay. That, one, that, one, that one seems like a trap. Okay. Um, New England minus 15 on the road at Washington. Lamb. <laughs> yeah, sure. These, these really bad NFL teams you have this year making these huge lines are hilarious. Whatever, New England. Um, New York Jets plus 13 on the road at Philadelphia. I think I'm going to lay Philly because I don't think Darnold's going to play. If Darnold plays, I think we should throw this out. Yeah, that, that's certainly fair. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to lean the same way. Tampa Bay plus three at New Orleans. Lay, uh, New Orleans. I think I'll go New Orleans though. I think that has a chance to get weird. Um, Atlanta plus four and a half on the road at Houston. I'm going to go Houston. I think Atlanta's a mess. Atlanta on the road, yeah. Uh, according to this site right now, the Bills-Titans has been taken offline, so I don't know that line. Uh, that must be, well, it, it's initially Titans minus three. I'll go Buffalo. I'm going to go Titans. Denver plus six at the Chargers. I think I'm going to go Denver. I feel bad for Denver. They're a field goal kicker and a bad call away from being two and two. I don't think they're as bad as 0 and four. Yeah, I think I'm going to Denver too there. Green Bay plus three and a half at Dallas. I think I'm going to go Dallas. Yeah, I am too. I think Green Bay is kind of overrated. Kansas City minus 10, 10 and a half at home hosting the Colts. I think I'm going to go the Colts. That's a lot of points. Yeah, that is a lot of points. I think I'm going to go with, with Kansas City just because I don't think they can stop it. Cleveland plus four on Monday Night Football at San Francisco. That could get weird. I like that game a lot. San Francisco? Yeah. I, I'm on San Fran here. I'll go Cleveland. Whatever. So that's about all we got. I uh, do we miss anything as far as sports wise? I know we had a lot to get to today. No, I think uh, Ole Miss starts. Or if, if, if this is your thing, Ole Miss starts fall ball practice today with an interest squad. Oh, I'm going to go see uh, Mike. Do what? I'm going to go see Mike. I'm going to give him a big bear hug. Go ask Mike what he thinks about Glenn Boy. I am. I um, Mike, what do you think about the process? <laughs> so anyway, um, are you gonna are you gonna go to the press conference today? I might. I haven't decided yet. I, I'll probably end up going. So, busy day to be a big J in this state. Um, that's about all I got. And you got? Did we miss anything? No, I think that's about it. Man. All right. Well, well. For one more time, this podcast is brought to you by LBs. Go see Greg University Avenue across from Kroger. He's got steaks, seafood, sausages. Any kind of custom cut you want. Whatever you want to throw in the grill, Greg's got it. Go get some jalapeno poppers, some mushrooms. They've got plate lunches. He's got daily specials. They've got it all over there. If you're coming up for the game this weekend and want to throw something on the grill, go see Greg. He's got all of it over there at LB's. Um, That's about all I've got. I'm going to go get ready for what should be a very interesting day on a lot of fronts. For Colin Brister, I am Brian Scott Rippey. Thank you for continually listening to this pod. If we get to 1,000 listens, I've had people tell me they're telling their friends about it. We'll get an intro at 1,000 listens, so it's on the listeners. Challenge on you. But for Colin Brister, I am Brian Scott Rippey. We'll be back at it on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.